Aloha mai kako. Welcome everyone to Bumbai We Learn, Episode 9. What's in a name? Bumbai, the Hawaiian Pigeon English word for leader or some other time. On today's podcast, I talk about what's in a name. When we say it or when we hear our name, what's the reaction that we get or should be looking for? So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's edition of Bumbai We Learn. The story I got when I was a kid and asked my mother about why she named me Harlan, I was told that she wanted to name me Terrence, or Terry for short. Somehow, as the story goes, the nurse convinced her that Terry wouldn't be a good name because I would be teased for having a girl's name. So she went with Harlan. I'm still not sure how she landed on that name. But she continues her story by saying that night in the hospital, she watched the local news. They were doing a news story on the University of Hawaii president named Harlan Cleveland. She shared her thoughts with me at the time by saying, boy, that man was ugly. Um, thanks, mom. And that nurse was wrong. Kids are just going to be mean no matter what your name is. They'll be able to tease you no matter what. I realize that Harlan is not a common name. It is the last name of the grandfather and grandson Supreme Court justices, John Marshall Harlan. The grandson, Justice Harlan, was on the court when I was born. But that's not the story mom gave. There are a couple of towns named Harlan, such as the one in Kentucky, named after the pioneer, Salas Harlan. But the one, the one city that really takes it is the city of Harlan, Iowa, which is in Shelby County. I first ran into this city that shared my name when I was much younger, in my early teens, I would say. You know, when you open up a magazine, you, you have those subscription cards in. Sometimes they're stapled in. Sometimes they just fall right out. Well, when I was younger, my friend showed me this magazine that he got from, let's just say, his father's closet. Now, there were interesting parts of this magazine to look at, but the thing that really caught my eye, and this kind of threw my friend from a loop a little bit, that I focused so much on this, but my eyes went immediately to this subscription card. The address that it was being sent to for the subscription of Yes, a Playboy magazine was the city of Harlan, Iowa. Now, you'd be me asking yourself right now, Self, what is Harlan talking about? Why is he talking about his name? What is the reason for this? Well, I'm a member of a Toastmasters club. And if you're not, again, a member of a Toastmasters club, go find one. It's a great organization that helps you become a better individual, helps with your speaking, building your confidence, it makes you a better leader. So uh, my step being stool right now, my my little stand box, well, no, a soda box, what do you call those boxes? Crates that you stand on to preach to the world, soapbox, thank you, is to tell people, find a Toastmasters club and help improve yourself. So I'm at this Toastmasters club meeting. One of the 
people in the meeting, his role, his job is to see how people use grammar in their speeches. And he calls out any misuses to help us improve. One of the members was calling my name and mispronounced it. They said Harlem instead of Harlan. Now, I knew she was talking to me. I acknowledged her, and I didn't think anything of it. But the grammarian picked this up as a misuse of grammar, my name, and called her out on it. And so I guess through the years, having heard my name so many different ways, it just rolled off my back, and it really didn't matter much. But I do know if the person made a mistake, she was doing it to acknowledge that it was a mistake, that she mispronounced it. But it's fine. It's the different intents that people have. Like I said, sometimes people can be cruel, especially kids, and they'll tease you regardless of what your name is. I grew up and I heard Harlequin, Hardon, and even the girl's name, Hardly, which, interesting enough, my volleyball coach used to call me. Even though it was an all-boys team, he called me Harley. I never bothered correcting him because I was the guy on the bench, so I hardly got to play. It seemed kind of fitting. This is what got me thinking, though. This Toastmasters meeting, hearing my name, and someone actually calling out this mispronunciation, got me thinking that I've heard my name so many different ways, from Harlem to Harlan. I've even seen it misspelled in emails with the D. I see it, Harland. And I would respond to some people, jokingly, I'll tell them, hey, Harland is the colonel guy who fries chicken, or the guy who prints up the checks for my book. In any case, I'm not that famous guy. Drop the D. But what really is in a name? We can think about it in two ways. I think the first way we can sum it up with the quote, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. This is a quote from William Shakespeare's play, Romeo and Juliet, as Juliet is talking to herself on the balcony, but it's being overheard by Romeo down below. The idea here is that no matter what it is, no matter what you name it, it is what it is. If you haven't read the book yet, Freakonomics, go to your local library, check it out. There is an interesting chapter in there that talks about names. Now, they're economists and they go on to the deep end to talk about the meaning of names and the different numbers in the data. But there's a story in the very beginning about this gentleman in Harlem who has several kids and names his last two sons. One, the first one he names Winner. He names his son Winner. Three years later, he has his final child, his son, and he names this son Loser. Now, this person is just a regular person. He, the dad is not a economist or anything like that. He's not doing a study. He just kind of thought, hey, I can predestine in my name Winner. I want the bookends. I can have a winner and a loser. And so I have the two. It's interesting, as you look at then, this study that looks into these names of what these people can come up. You can say, does name matter? And, and you think that loser 
growing up would have a hard time. I mean, with a name like that, is he predestined to have hardship and, you know, things are going his way. He's going to be a loser. Well, quite the opposite, really. He got himself a scholarship in prep school. He worked, got through college, and he became a detective for the police department and worked his way up to sergeant. So he actually did very, very good for himself, even though his name's loser. And interesting enough, he never really hit his name. He let people, he deuced himself as loser, but people didn't feel comfortable with saying that. So they would come up with other names to come around that word. They wouldn't call him loser. They would call him other things. In the police department, you know, people kind of refer to him just as Lou, which is simple enough. I can understand that. So now, what about Winner? What about his brother, Winner? What was his life like? Well, again, quite the opposite from the name. He had hardship and fell into crime and was actually an arrest record that, you know, the brother would actually probably got involved with. And they hardly talked to each other and they fell um, distant after the father passed away. But this goes to show, like, you know, we can name something, whatever you want, but it's still going to be who that person is. Well, like I said, if you haven't checked out the book Freakonomics, read up on it, get that book. It has a lot of interesting stories in there, but it goes into a lot of details about names. I guess this is actually why I never really put much thought into how people mispronounce my name. I want to, I do understand that it is an uncommon name, but I know it's out there. And it's, regardless of what people call me, it's the intent that people address my name that actually has more meaning. It's the inflections or the colorful metaphors that we may put in front of the name that has a little bit more individual meaning or intent. For example... The Hawaiian word to describe a foreigner who's mostly white is haole. This is a perfectly good word in Hawaiian. But if I put ethin, stinking, damn, or front of the word haole, that would kind of change the original intent of the word, wouldn't it? It's not something that we want to hear. Used properly, haole can be used to help distinguish between individuals in a group. It doesn't necessarily label them, but helps identify them. If I was to look up the word Howley on an online dictionary, it would list Howley as a derogatory word. But again, really, it's not. It's a word in Hawaiian that means a person who's not native, especially a white person. That's correct. That's a perfectly fine use of a word in our language. It's not derogatory. It's the way people use to identify a, somebody. It's like, hey, look, the howly over there. And we're talking about a crowd of people. It's the colorful metaphors that we put in front of a word or the inflection that we put in front of a word that we cause disrespect. And we do the same thing with people's names. So bottom line, I want to just say, make sure when we do say people's names, we're doing it with respect. Which brings up an interesting point that my mom used to say. 
If we're not able to say something in front of somebody, we shouldn't be willing to say it behind their back. It's a part of integrity, right? It goes back to if we give certain individual labels or identifying characteristics, we should be able to say those characteristics in front of that person and no one should feel offended. I shouldn't feel uncomfortable by saying it and they shouldn't feel too uncomfortable by hearing it. Of course, there are some truth moments that somebody may not want to particularly hear what's being said and it may become uncomfortable. I personally cannot take offense to somebody calling me obese, for example. I mean, I don't want to hear it. It may sting a little, but it's true. But like the joke goes, I may be fat, but at least I can diet. You're ugly. What are you going to (laughs) do? So yes, I do at times feel that we may need to have a bit thicker skin. In my case, not only do I have thick skin, it has a layer of fat that goes under it as well. (laughs) Now, going back to the names, we had the two things, and we can use the quote from William Shakespeare. But the second side of this name thing is another quote that we can look at, which is kind of an opposite way of doing it. I've heard it said was a quote from Dr. William Meminger or Dale Carnegie. But it goes along the lines of, there is nothing sweeter than hearing one's own name. Or, the sweetest sound in any language is the sound of your own name. The bottom line, people like hearing their name called. It stimulates something in the brain that brings about a feeling of etheria, some feeling of happiness. Again, if it's being used in the right way. Because you can put a couple of, again, colorful metaphors or inflection in front of someone's name, which will stimulate the brain, but not in feelings of happiness, if you get my meaning. Speaking of Del Carnegie, he said that using a person's name is critical, especially when meeting those persons that you don't see very often. Respect and acceptance stems from the simple act such as remembering a person's name and using it whenever it's appropriate. Dale Carnegie developed an easy strategy for remembering names, and he called it the Laura formula. So we have L-I-R-A. The L stands for look and listen, trying to focus on a person's name when you're being introduced and making sure that you clearly understand what their names are. I stands for impression or to create an image in your head of what the person looks like. R is for repetition. And that is to use the name as much as possible in the conversation when it's appropriate. And the final letter, A, stands for association. And that's associating the name with colors, objects, or things that may sound familiar to the name and painting a picture that helps you remember. I do remember when I was sitting in a Del Carnegie class many, many moons ago, the instructor's name was, uh, I don't remember his first name, but I remember Kashibara was his last name, so Mr. Kashibara. And the reason why I remember it still to this day 
is that he actually painted the picture for us as an example, where he said, picture a cashew all lined up on this bar drying on to get before it gets roasted. So I have this bar of cashews, cashew bar, and just makes you go, now, that ridiculousness painted that picture so much in my head that more than 25 years later, I remember Mr. Cashew Barra because I see a picture of a bar of cashews and it makes me go, ah, pictures help. I myself do acknowledge I'm not very good at pronouncing people's names. It's something that I struggle with myself. I admit it. Partly because I know always hear myself saying the words wrong. I don't know if it's because of the way I grew up, my accent, but just names. I mean, there's something just more obvious and something I know is important that people have to hear their names correctly, but I do have some difficulties. Enunciation is something that I need to work on. I say the word spoon or roof, and people call me on that. And I don't hear what I'm saying wrong. Even my wife's occupation as a librarian, where she works in a library, and I've been told I'm pronouncing it wrong. In my head, I still see a building with books. I do know I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, and they do try to correct me. And I do want to try to make sure I'm saying it right. But sometimes it's just difficult. I need to do some self-improvement myself, and Bombay I learned to practice and making sure I'm enunciating it. I know I have difficulty with people's names, and I I spend a lot of times trying to avoid it. And I, I do that hey you kind of thing, and I know that's not right. And that's not something we need to learn. I remember reading this comic strip once. An elderly gentleman comes to visit his old college friend, and while sitting in the living room, the friend calls out to his wife, Honey, can you bring out some drinks for us? The visitor says, How nice and sweet that you still call your wife Honey after all these years. His friend replies, Actually, after all this time, i kind of forgotten what her name is. To wrap things up for the week, when you're saying someone else's name, Ensure that you're making every effort to pronounce it correctly and to use it so that, one, we can remember who that person is and that we can use it as a connecting point. Because, again, there's nothing sweeter than hearing one's own name. With the other point on names, when you hear your name being mispronounced, take the opportunity to correct somebody. Don't pounce all over them and, you know, if it was unintentional, it's unintentional. Give them the opportunity to learn how to pronounce your name correctly. Give them an opportunity to learn. But don't take offense if someone is trying to learn how to pronounce your name and maybe having difficulty saying it. And if you're being friendly, remember, it's about the inflections. Any word can become mean if our intent is to be mean. But my last quote of the day for mom is that we must remember to love each other. That's how, Bombay, we're going to learn. Thank you for joining us today. I know you have options on where you spend your time, and I'm blessed that you have shared 
some of your precious moments with me today to let me share my mana'o with you. So that Bombay we learn. Bombay We Learn is a weekly podcast with your humble host, Harlan Matos, an independent certified coach, trainer, and speaker with the John Maxwell team. Please visit mccoachingandtraining.com for more information on our services. Mahalo. And mahalo to John Bartman for performance of Just Having a Beatbox.